And now, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Johnny Torres filling in for Brandon Rhymes. How you doing? Thank you so much for listening, watching uh, this show whenever, wherever you may be doing so. Uh, again, big shout out to our friends here at Salem Radio Network and 860 The Answer for carrying this show uh, weekday afternoons. And uh, again, if you uh, miss any part of the show, there are plenty of places for you to catch up. You can join us on Facebook and YouTube. We have every episode on there. You can uh, like, subscribe, follow, ring the bell on YouTube for us if you don't mind. That way you don't miss a single episode of the Consumer Quarterback Show. And then you can also catch us on your smart TV. A lot of people uh, uh, don't realize that you can also catch this show when you get home on your Roku Fire TV, Apple TV, or Amazon Prime um, as well. And so search for Brandon Rhymes and the Consumer Quarterback Show on any of those podcast platforms. Now, if you happen to uh, have a long or a frequent commute, you can also subscribe to the audio version of our show at your favorite podcast platform as well, whether it be Spotify, Google, or Apple iTunes Podcasts. Uh, make sure you subscribe, uh, like, and leave us a review there as well as we continue to grow our audience uh, and continue to help consumers like you throughout the Tampa Bay area. Uh, and for those of you who haven't caught the Consumer Quarterback Show before, again, we are a team of small and medium businesses throughout the Tampa Bay area looking to educate you, the consumer, to help you make more informed decisions as to how to make the most out of your real estate and make the most out of your investments uh, and live uh, just a more productive uh, life uh, in, um, in general. Um, we are powered by uh, Brandon uh, Rhymes's uh, Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams. Uh, you can check out the real estate commercial listings at platinummbpteam.kw.com. We have always amazing listings on there for you to take a look at, especially in this hot market, whether it be commercial or residential real estate listings. We're going to kick off today's show looking at 700 North Osceola Avenue. 700 North Osceola Avenue is just amazing condominium in Clearwater. Um, it has incredible views of uh, the intercoastal and the beaches. It's uh, just under 1,600 square feet, two bedrooms, two baths. Now, these aren't your normal bedrooms. These are two king-size master suites. There's a bonus room as well. Waterfront to the intercoastal, marble flooring, granite countertops, the amenities in this condominium community has everything, a saltwater pool, gym, even a private boat dock. And the best part is, is it's walking distance to downtown Clearwater, uh, one of the world's most popular and most beautiful beaches. So check out 700 North Osceola Avenue, number 405 in Clearwater at PlatinumMVPTeam.KW.com. And another listing we have is 141 Highland Avenue. 141 Highland Avenue is in Dunedin. If you're looking for more of a single family home living, um, and if or maybe possibly looking to downsize, it's a thousand square feet. This beautiful home is uh, maybe small, but it's gorgeous inside. It's been renovated, three bedrooms, one bath. It's near downtown Dunedin, which has also got just an amazing nightlife, restaurants, uh, you name it. Uh, they're also close to the TD Ballpark in the Blue Jays Stadium. If you like some spring uh, baseball uh, going on, uh, they've hardwood floors, new appliances all throughout, new roof and gutter. 
gutters. So again, talk about longevity of your investment. Uh, this is a home that's not going anywhere. And if you if you haven't seen these pictures, the backyard alone is uh, just absolutely gorgeous with this huge oak tree in the back. Check it out, 141 Highland Avenue in Dunedin. And again, you can find that and a lot more at PlatinumMVPTeam.KW.com. That's PlatinumMVPTeam.KW.com. Now, uh, again, this show is made possible not only by the folks that you hear on the show, but even some of the small and medium businesses that support the show through their services. And an amazing business that we're proud to have as part of this show is Brandon Porter in Veteran Gutters. Uh, now, Brandon himself is a veteran. He hires veterans, uh, you know, pays it back to the community, not only after having served his country, but also by giving veterans, uh, you know, an, an opportunity uh, as they leave the uh, leave the military life. Life, you know, into the workforce, and they do incredible work that you know you can rely on uh, with these gutters. Again, it's veterangutters.com. Uh, make sure to tell Brandon Porter that Brandon Rhymes and the Consumer Quarterback Show sent you. All right, coming up, we got Millie Thanison um, from the law offices of Millicent Thanison and Frank Charles Miranda from Frank Charles Miranda Law. So, a lot of legal advice uh, going on today, a lot to cover, um, but we do have this feel good story that is absolutely amazing. You're going to want to catch it. A cancer trial's unexpected result, remission in every patient. Uh, uh, We may have found the cure to cancer, folks, and I'm not overselling that. So stick around. We'll give you more details on that later on in today's show. But let's go ahead and bring on Millie Thanison, again, principal attorney at law offices of Millicent Thanison at athanisonlaw.com. That's athanisonlaw.com. Hey, Millie. How are you today? Doing fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. As always, you, you bring us, uh, you know, the type of topics that you're not going to find in the newspaper. You're not going to see it on TV, uh, you know, but this impacts more people than, you know, you could uh, truly realize. So we appreciate you keeping us up to speed on these incredibly important issues. One of them being uh, Supreme Court ruling, again, uh, taking a look at the, the met, uh, being able to now correct me if I'm wrong, tap into Medicaid funds for personal uh, uh, expense, uh, personal injury reimbursements. Yeah. So so usually in a personal injury case, at, at the conclusion of the case, when we make a settlement or we obtain a judgment, either or, what we have to do is go through and pay any outstanding medical bill that is associated with the care that the patient has received from, you know, the, the result of their automobile accident. Right. Well, normally we don't, um, and with the government, with Medicare or Medicaid, we do have a duty to reimburse them. That's called a right of subrogation. If a third party's at fault, we have to reimburse them for the expenses that they paid on behalf of the client that's re- that has been attributable to the automobile accident. Well, what happens is typically when we settle a case, we're only paying back to Medicare the amount that was already spent on the bill. So if Medicare or paid, let's say, $10,000 worth of medical bills because the client didn't have any insurance, um, let's just say it was a motorcycle accident, they didn't have any insurance. So what will happen is then we have a duty to reimburse Medicare for the $10,000 they paid. Well, that's normal. But what the Supreme Court just came back and did is they're saying that not only can they get reimbursed that $10,000 that they've 
already paid for treatment already rendered, but they can take out money for future care wow. as needed. So this is so. What happened was this was a case that actually stemmed in Florida. Um, a little girl stepped off of a school bus and got hit by a truck, and she's now oh. in a vegetative state. So oh Medicare. Yeah, it's very sad. Medicare had already spent $800,000 on medical expenses for this child. (laughs) And so at the conclusion of the case, obviously the attorney that was representing the family said, okay, we need to reimburse Medicare the $800,000. Well, Medicare didn't want just $800,000. They wanted more because they said this little girl is going to be needing care for the rest of her life because she's in a you know, constant vegetative state. So uh, it was appealed and it it, it was taken all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States. And they came back in an opinion and said, yes, this is what we want. And it was a 5-2 split. So, I mean, it's now law. Now we have to deal with future medical expenses. So I'm sure that we're all as lawyers going to have to be very careful how we word what is allotted to what in a settlement when we settle cases so that, you know, because the government's going to want to take out more Mm. than what they've already spent. Yeah, and, you know, in fact, my girlfriend was in a, a car accident recently, and that's one of the things I learned in her process, even though I'd been in a uh, an accident that, that put me in the hospital even uh, just a couple of years earlier. But it is how there are very specific pots of money that go to pay for very specific things. Um, and, and so I think a lot of people, again, don't have that understanding. They think that, you know, it's all lump sums of money, and then all these things kind of get paid off, you know, and then the money eventually you know, runs out and, you know, maybe there's something left after the fact. Uh, But like you said, especially in this little girl's case, even in my girlfriend's case, unfortunately, there is ongoing treatment that needs to be had, you know, due to back injuries or whatever it may be. Um, And and also that, uh, like you said, I I guess even more so now, uh, you know, your attorney, if if, it's one of the reasons why um, uh, you want to bring on an attorney, if you happen to be in a car accident of some kind, you know, because this all has to be handled very specifically, and you certainly can't trust the insurance companies um, to be looking no. out uh, for your best interest. Oh, no, no. And you want an attorney that understands these subrogation rules and, and works with the various medical creditors because it is and it affects your bottom line because obviously what we pay out in medical bills comes out of, of the client's portion of the settlement. So the the more I spend on medical bills, the less I'm able to give my client, right? Right. So obviously, one of my main jobs is to try to reduce those medical expenditures to as little as possible to maximize what my client can put in their pocket. And has there been any progress? I know that's been a major sticking point, uh, both in Congress and I think even here in the state legislature, in terms of the pricing of a lot of these medical services um, that are provided. And, you know, there's no consistent pricing and, uh, you know, and, and billing, you know, estimates are all over the place. I mean, is that still a major problem? 
it is still a major problem. The biggest problem that the insurance carriers have nowadays is what they say or what they try to argue with us is that let's say somebody goes to the chiropractor. Well, what they're arguing is that they don't want to pay the full amount of the chiropractor's bill because the chiropractor will charge you one price if you're an automobile accident patient and another price if you're just a cash patient walking in the door. Sure. So we've had We've had to counsel, obviously, a lot of the physicians that we work with to not have a price differential because it's only opening Pandora's box for yep. further litigation. You know? Wow. And, and, and so a lot of doctors have become better about that. Um, and that's why it's important of, you know, what kind of doctors you work with is we want to make sure that we're working with really good doctors that, if you know, if we have to take this case to a jury, that it's somebody that a jury's going to appreciate and, and respect. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, you said there's there, there's a five to two ruling coming down on this. Um, you know, is 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 this now kind of pretty much set in stone moving forward, or what? What are what what are the next kind of uh, steps to look for in this process uh, for this particular issue? Well, since it's SCOTUS, you know, it, it, it it's kind of the last straw. So this is what's going to happen. Yeah. I think what's going to happen is I think there's going to be more litigation because I can see, like, health insurance companies trying to bring suit saying, well, wait a minute. You know, um, yeah, you paid us back for the bills, you know, for that we paid for this patient. But, you know, this patient, um, you know, has degenerative spine disease. So we want money for the future medical bills. Sure. Because you know, she's going to have to have treatment for her spine. So I, I do see more litigation coming down the pike as a result of this ruling. Hmm. And that's something that often happens is that, you know, just because a court makes a ruling and you think it's the last step, well, yes and no, it may be the last step for that particular issue, but mm-hmm. then a lot of other people that are affected may fo- follow through to try to, to bring their issue to light as a result. Yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, again, these these uh, insurers, and I'm sure these uh, hospital systems, I mean, they kind of just look at the government as just a printing press, you know, and and uh, they figure if they sue enough, they're going to get the money they're looking for. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and I mean, you know, obviously, Medicare is funded by the government, so I mean, I think there was a vested interest by the Supreme Court to ensure that the the that the government wasn't losing more money on that yep. however as i said it could trickle down to private insurers i'm sure they're going to try to sue and make an argument as well so i you know i do foresee more litigation on that and i think that lawyers are going to become very crafty in how they draft their settlement proposals as designating what part of the settlement is for what purpose all right. Well, we're talking to Millie Thanison, Law Offices of Milson Thanison at thanisonlaw.com. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about uh, the local, the Florida legislature, uh, doing a bit of alimony reform. We're taking a look at it anyways. Uh, so she's going to bring us up to speed on that. We also got our feel-good story about a cancer trial's unexpected result, remissions for all patients. So that's exciting news. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up. More with Millie right here on the Consumer Quarterback Show, Consumer Q. Com, powered by the Platinum MVP team at PlatinumMVPTeam.KW.com. This is Chris Voss, former FBI lead hostage negotiator and owner of the Black Swan Group. And you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show, hosted by my friend Brandon Rives. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894, online at ConsumerQB.com. 
Ian Beckles here with my man, Brandon Rimes, a.k.a. the Real Estate Quarterback. Brandon, what's happening with the market? Thanks, Ian. Any of our listeners out there, we'll offer you a 2% listing for the first three callers that reach out to the hotline, 813-917-1894. Call or text the hotline, 813-917-1894. Also, a great opportunity for folks out there looking for a part-time gig, maybe a side hustle, is Keller Williams Real Estate School, powered by Kaplan. Reach out if you'd like more information on how we have a free real estate school for you, online class, get licensed, and start referring business in, or maybe make a new career. 813-917-1894, ConsumerQB.com for our syndicated radio and TV show on 80 outlets worldwide, ConsumerQB.com, or our real estate website at PlatinumMVPTeam.KW.com. That's PlatinumMVPTeam.KW.com. Dot com And please follow us online at Brandon Rhymes one on Instagram, Twitter, Gitter, and check out our YouTube channel, Brandon Rhymes Realty. Make it a great day. Hey, Brandon Rhymes here for Cleaning Commandos here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Cleaning Commandos are hiring and they're offering competitive wages, flexible hours, relaxed atmosphere, and a sign-on bonus. Reach out if you'd like a career with the Cleaning Commandos here in Tampa Bay. Info at CleaningCommandosLLC.com or call 813-750-0550, 813-750-0550, Cleaning Commandos, Consumer Quarterback Show. Have you desired more income and more freedom in your life? Now is your time. Keller Williams Realty has just launched our own real estate school, and you can get licensed for free. I'm Brandon Rimes, host of the Consumer Quarterback Show, owner of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. And for the first three people who reach out, I will personally coach you. 813-917-1894. Call or text 813-917-1894. ConsumerQB.com. ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And don't forget, if you want to follow up with Brandon on any of the guests or content or listings that you've heard on today's show, you can reach out to him directly uh, at 813-917-1894. That's 813-917-1894. Or visit ConsumerQB.com. Again, one of the sponsors of this show and, uh, you know, that have personally made an impact uh, for Brandon has been Golf Cart Depot or Discovery Golf Cars. Uh, Brandon has this beautiful red golf cart um, that, uh, honestly, I think if they could, the dogs would probably drive it around more than Brandon does. They absolutely love this thing. They ride around the neighborhood in it. Um, you know, you've seen, you know, the, the golf carts just exploding everywhere. It used to be a thing you'd see, in, you know, maybe only down in Sun City Center, Apollo Beach. But now you see them absolutely everywhere, and especially with gas prices. I mean, who wants to be driving around with these gas prices when you can get a golf cart and uh, and and get around to run some errands, uh, you know, visit neighbors and uh, or just, you know, go hang hang out around town. So check out Discovery Golf Cars at discoverygolfcars.com. They got a couple locations throughout Tampa Bay uh, and they are ready to serve you. They also got a variety of golf carts. You know, they've got off-roading type and street legal type. And so definitely do your homework. Check out discoverygolfcars.com and tell them the consumer quarterback sent you. Uh, we also have got amazing listings with the Platinum MVP team 
had Keller Williams, and one of those is 3045 South 78th Street. That's 3045 South 78th Street in Tampa. Uh, this is really close to Ybor City, uh, the port, um, and uh, just minutes from downtown. Um, also, of course, to Florida Aquarium. And so uh, you want to check this one out. It's almost 2,000 square feet, just under 1,900 square feet, actually. Four bedrooms, two baths. It's got a couple bonus rooms. It's got an enormous uh, patio and an even bigger backyard. This is a great property that you can truly grow into. And uh, certainly a selling point, a mother-in-law suite. Uh, which is a two-bedroom, one-bath. So there's additional income opportunity there. Check out 3045 South 78th Street in Tampa at PlatinumMVPTeam.KW.com. All right, Millie uh, Thanison joining us on the phone from the law offices of Millicent Thanison at AthanisonLaw.com. Uh, again, always bringing us some uh, great news and developments in uh, the legal world. And one of these is the state legislature looking at alimony reform. And, the, you know, it's one of these things that I think people tend to forget about, you know, and just kind of live with life uh, the way it is. Uh, and it's something that, it, at least in my opinion, was severely overdue for uh, for a look at some reform. Would you agree, Millie? Oh, yes, yes. It, it, it's been up on the, on the floor, up in the legislature every year for at least the past seven or eight years, uh, debating back and forth how to reform alimony. Uh, but what's happened is there's a bill that passed the House, but at this point, the governor has is, is got to sign it, and there's calls for vetoes and so forth. But it would be very significant change, not only to alimony, but as far as child custody issues are. Right now, um, there's a goal with regard to, to custody and timesharing that the non-residential parent would have, you know, as much time as possible with the minor child or children. Under this new law, it would create a presumption in the statute for equal time sharing. So in other words, what that would mean is that you're starting out at 50-50, and if you want something other than 50-50, you better have some good reasons for it. Right now, the way that it is, there's no presumption. There's a hope for that, but not a presumption. The court still has about 20 factors that it has to analyze in making a determination as to how much time the children are going to spend with each parent. So it would significantly change the way that we are counseling our clients with regard to custody issues. Well, I'm, I'm seeing a, a trend even among, you know, some of the folks that I know, unfortunately, going through some of these things that uh, you're seeing the dynamic kind of shift a little bit in terms of who wants primary custody um, or or even or even equal time. You're seeing dads certainly, you know, I think step up more to the plate, you know, among kind of younger dads or, or the newer generations. Are you seeing anything like that? Are you seeing some some societal changes there trend wise? Yes, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that because that's usually how laws change because of societal changes. It, it demands it. And so what you're seeing now, I mean, traditionally when a lot of these laws were originally promulgated, there was, you know, it was a situation where mom stayed at home. You know that show Leave it to Beaver where June Cleaver's vacuuming in her dress and pearls. And <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, those days are kind of gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say so. 
<laughs> that no nobody's cleaning the house and nobody's cleaning with their pearls on. Yeah. So, you know, the reality is now women have um, sophisticated jobs the same way that men do, which was a trend that let's say back in the sixties and seventies and prior to that you didn't see it was more mm-hmm. of a traditional the woman stays at home and the man goes to work. So yes, because of that career dynamic there's also been a, a shift in parenting responsibilities. Yeah. So it's not it's not atypical for us to find men, you know, staying home with children. All right. Well, if you have a parenting agreement, you have uh, some divorce settlements out there that you want to maybe uh, get a fresh eyes uh, on, check out Millie Athanason Law Offices of Millicent Athanason, AthanasonLaw.com, and give us that phone number, Millie. It would be one eight three three ask Millie M I L L Y. All right, more of the Consumer Quarterback Show coming up. Hey, this is Grant Cardone, and you've been listening to the phenomenal Brandon Rhymes, the Consumer Quarterback Show. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894. Online at consumerqb.com. to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-917-1894. And we're powered by the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams. You can check us out online at PlatinumMVPTeam.KW.com. I'm Johnny Torres filling in for Brandon Rhymes. Thanks, Brandon, for letting me fill in on today's show. Uh, again, a very legally heavy show as we had a millionth innocent on um, uh, talking about a lot of family law issues and some developments happening not only in the federal uh uh, legislature, but also in the state legislature, and uh, joining us now, Frank Charles Miranda from Frank Charles Miranda Law, FCMLaw.com. How you doing? John, I'm doing fantastic. How you been? Doing awesome. You know, it's it's fun to be here in the in the in the pilot seat. I agree. Now, you do a great <laughs> job behind the scenes, but in front of the scenes, I use got a voice for radio. Well, I appreciate it. You know, I'd, uh, you know, it was the one thing I knew uh, from uh, I think I was a junior in high school, and uh, that that was kind of the you know that that was the way I wanted to go. You had a calling. Yeah, I, I did. I did the radio thing on the music side for about six years, and uh, decided I was like, uh, you know, oh, that was fun, and you know, wasn't making enough money, so I went into do other things, marketing and advertising, and all that stuff. But uh, this is in the blood. So you were a DJ? Yeah, yeah. I worked here in, uh, locally here in Tampa at FLZ and uh, and uh, bounced around Florida, Orlando, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and then got as far north as uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Did you, did you have like a stage name? <laughs> um, a few, but none that I ever really cared for. I went by like J.J. Walker and uh, John John and, and none, none that ever really kind of stuck. You know, so J.J. Walker, is that like a, a reference back to the TV That was show? an homage to a guy that I used to listen to. It was a, the radio guy that I listened to in Miami that I always loved listening to. And he was one of the, you know, inspirations behind wanting to be a radio DJ. And funny enough, 
I ended up meeting him because he was working here in Tampa at the time when I was just getting started. And he goes, he was going by the name Spider Harrison here in Tampa, who was on FLZ at the time. Now he goes by Spider Harrison and JJ Walker on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. You get to pick your stage name? Um, sometimes it just kind of depends, you know, the, if you kind of walked into a show, you know, as an intern or something, you know, sometimes they'd pick it for you. Uh, you know, a, a buddy of mine, uh, went by special ed. I doubt, <laughs> I doubt he picked that one for himself. Um, and then other times you kind of, you know, your boss maybe picked it out for you, or you may have hit on something that you liked and, you know, kind of picked it for yourself. So, you know, it's, yeah, there's no kind of set formula of that. And I just could never really hit on one that I liked. Yeah. Well, it- Next time you do that, you need a nickname. I think we should either go with like a uh, a survey of the listeners. There we go. Or you and I need to sit down and have a cocktail. Yeah. Well, I filled in at a country station for a couple of weeks, and I went by Johnny Walker. I like that. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, that's creative. You know, it's easy to remember, and you know, I think it, it fit the format. So. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh man, but uh, always fun having you on, and uh, and you've always got some really interesting cases going on. We were just talking about uh, alimony, and and uh, you know how there may be some changes coming down through the Florida legislature in regards to alimony. Um, you just you were telling us offline. You just recently, you don't typically do a lot of divorce case types stuff but you recently had one that uh, was a bit interesting because of you know some some paperwork that was involved yeah so we're talking about uh, before we got started was um, the case i got brought in on it was a divorce case i got brought in because of my real estate knowledge and there was an issue when the two people were married of of them signing a deed and they signed a deed for for purposes of uh of getting a loan from somebody a family member and um, not uncommon, I'm guessing, right? No, I mean, I mean it happens yeah. all the time. I mean, you're allowed to lend money to your cousin, uncle, whoever you want to. And in exchange, you're allowed to get a mortgage on the property or you're entitled to get some sort of ownership of the property if they elect to do that. Mm-hmm. In this case, they elected to do that. The couple elected to do that. And they gave uh, what's called a, a future interest in the property to the person who lent the money. And, uh, you know, a couple months later when that went down and they got the money, they paid off the existing mortgage. So they had no mortgage payment. A couple months later, when one spouse decides to, to divorce another spouse, they don't want to pay back the money. And so they claim the deed they signed was uh, a void deed because it didn't have, two, didn't have two witnesses in it. Right, which that's standard, right, having to have the two signatures on a legal document. I mean, that's... that's Yeah, on a deed, on a deed you need two witnesses. Yeah. The notary notarizes. <clears throat> the notary can actually act as one of the witnesses. Now, in this case, uh, I think you were saying the notary did or did not sign the document. Notary did sign the document as a notary, did not sign the document as a witness. Okay. So there was a witness blank on there. Now, you know, what we typically do in, in real estate transactions is, you know, t- people refer to a transfer title, whether it's a sale or a refinance. That closing is, is title work. We, we fix that all the time. There's yeah. errors all the time in the history of, of properties that are being sold, refinanced, whatever the case may be. We fix that stuff all the time. Yeah. So, you know, 99% of the time, there's an answer, or 100% of the time, there's an answer to the situation. And so you fix the deed, and, and we fix the deed pursuant to what the law said, and you just simply go back, ask the owner, do you see him witness? Obviously, you did, because you notarized it. All you got to do is sign the document up here where you missed it, sign an affidavit explaining what you did, record it, and it's mm-hmm. over with. So um, it, it's interesting how people change facts 
<laughs> to fit their benefit. <laughs> and, um, and finding loopholes, right? I mean, they'll, they'll look for loopholes in places, I mean, you wouldn't imagine. Yeah, you know, and, and listen, the case got resolved um, pretty quickly in the litigation. You know, but, but the end result is it's unfortunate that um, people who relied upon a promise mm-hmm. and lent money based on a promise of certain things happening, which is another legal theory to prevail on in that circumstance, that they don't get the benefit of the deal and they're the one that took the risk, right? So the yeah. one, they're the one that paid off a mortgage, significant amount of money. And in exchange for that, they were given a promise. The other person said, I don't like the deal anymore. It doesn't benefit me because I want to get a divorce. I really don't care if I pay you back anymore. I want all of the house right? or, or one half of the house value. And um, that was pretty um, intently litigated for the small portion of time that the case was going on. Um, it was probably very good that there was a quick mediation set that lasted all day long and um, it was resolved. If it wasn't resolved, it, you know, it would have been set for trial immediately mm-hmm. and gone to a court and a judge. And, you know, contrary to maybe popular belief, judges make mistakes, too. And um, there's been a lot of judges recently have been appointed and not elected to office. And most of the time when judges do get up for reelection, it's one of the races that the, I would say the community pays the least amount of attention to. Because hopefully no one's getting sued. Hopefully right. no one gets arrested. It's They're one li- of the hardest to research as well. I mean, when you're trying to do your homework on candidates, I mean, notoriously, the hardest one to find information on is the judges. That's a great point. And I'll, you know why is one, they're probably less funded in their campaigns than the other races, so they can't yep. give themselves much publicity. The Florida bar rules are so stringent that they are limited in what they can say about they're opposing candidate. They yep. got to show the utmost professionalism. Their, their campaign marketing materials say very little. Right. I mean, they can't say the person I'm running against is an idiot. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes the person they're running against or running for office is an idiot. Mm-hmm. And if you look through, and, and I say that, you know, almost tongue in cheek, but not. If you, if you look through their history, some people who have run for judge, even some that have run recently, have won elections that don't have practical experience, that have, haven't been in the courtroom ever that don't know the rules of evidence, um, that in theory, they may look good on paper because they went to a prestigious school, but right. in practicality, you know, they didn't have um, much of a courtroom experience. Right. And I, that's the one I hear the most often when it comes to judicial races is that courtroom experience, you know, because there are attorneys that will go years without seeing the inside of a courtroom. Um, I'm under the impression there's, there's there are people who have run for judge who haven't literally practiced law in the last five to six years. Wow. And so I don't think they're qualified to become a judge. Yeah. Now, are there actual, are there actual, um, specifics as to what, what qualifies you? I mean, cause obviously anyone can run for office for any other elected office. Right. But when it comes to judgeships, like you said, some are appointed and then inevitably they have to run for reelection, but are there certain m- metrics, guidelines, requirements that they need to meet to run for judge? It's minimal. The only guideline is you have to be a, an attorney for five years. Okay. Doesn't say you have to be a practicing attorney. Mm-hmm. doesn't say you have to be an attorney that's uh, done civil law. We've had a lot of judges appointed that, only know criminal law, and that's only a small portion of the cases that are handled. Majority of the cases are, are civil-related lawsuits, 
Well, and depending on what court you land in, too, depends on what kind of courts or cases you're going to see. Right. And the court you land in is, is decided by the chief judge of every circuit. So mm-hmm. the chief judge of every circuit appoints a judge to a certain courtroom. And the topic, for instance, of which cases you're going to hear, like you might hear juvenile cases, you might hear, depending on your county court or circuit court, criminal cases. You might hear probate cases. You might hear divorce cases and family law. So I would say with some frequency, judges are, and this isn't anyone's fault, um, they're put into, I should say, this isn't the chief judge's fault. Once they're elected, you got to put them somewhere. Right. And typically the judges that have uh, seniority typically get, get preference as to what type of division they want to sit in, whether it's circuit civil, whether it's criminal, whether it's whatever the case may be. Is there a preference? Like, is there one that most judges try to go for? Is there like a preferred? If I had a guess, I'd probably say if you're a circuit court judge, civil side. Mm. Um, criminal is just uh, a lot of recitation you have to. Every time you take a plea, you have to, you know, read out this long litany of rights that's got to be waived. So it gets it gets pretty monotonous and pretty very uh, procedurally detailed. Gotcha. And so it, you're spinning out the same information over and over and sure. over again. Um, tough job. It's a very tough job, especially when it comes to sentencing, because uh, even though they're taking some discretion away, it's uh, you got to find somebody with common sense to balance what's justice and, and and given that you know uh we've got these midterm elections coming up and we've got folks that are running for judge um locally here i mean what 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 are some suggestions for the average voter out there that you would recommend as to how to do their homework on uh who they may be electing to a judgeship the easiest thing to do is, is uh there's two things go to the florida bar <clears throat> go to the website look up that person's name it'll tell you if had any disciplinary proceedings Okay. Okay. That might be a red flag. You know, sometimes you may get a disgruntled opponent even file a frivolous complaint against you. That's sure. not necessarily, in my mind, a dagger that should eliminate somebody. So you got to take it with context. It's a red flag. It's right. a red right. So it's like everything else. Take it in context. Number two, what I would do is, uh, do they have a law firm? Do they work for a law firm? Are they even working? If they're not working, red flag number two. Yeah. And so I, I would be. Very suspicious of someone who wants to be a judge who hasn't, because they have a bar license and haven't practiced in a certain amount of time, of trying to become a judge. Well, and some of them, I would imagine, just uh, didn't maybe didn't like being an attorney, you know, and kind of see this as maybe another step, you know, uh, uh, you know, to to not let their uh, a legal degree go to waste, you know. But there, you know, there's obviously people that get into the field that uh, end up realizing that they don't like it, or after a while, they just get burned out. Yeah, I think that happens in every job. Sure. Right? It happens in every job. And, and even if you're great at it, I, I think there's a, there's a level of that that occurs in every position. Um, I think there's some great judges. Um, but I think when it comes to the election of a judge, too many people ignore it mm-hmm. or they can't find information about it. And I don't know how they pick. I don't know if it's yeah. any meanie. I don't right. know if it's uh, they flip a quarter. I don't know. But um, – I mean, there's a couple of judges. I mean, there's a couple of judges that I tell you one thing. Here's the other thing. You can call someone's law office that you that you respect and ask them. Yeah. What's the word on the street? So ask your attorney or, you know, be it a right. friend or your actual attorney and kind of get 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 the inside scoop. 
Get the inside scoop. Yeah. And it's nothing fancy. Okay. But if you go to somebody that you trust, they're going to give you good advice. All right. Frank Charles Miranda joining us from Frank Charles Miranda Law, FCMLaw.com. We'll have more with him in just a little bit, along with our feel-good story of the day. A cancer trials, unexpected result, remission in every patient. This is a revolutionary story that's happening here, breaking this week. We'll talk more about that in the next segment. In the meantime, don't forget to check out our website, ConsumerQB.com, powered by the Platinum MVP team at PlatinumMVPTeam.KW.com. More with Frank coming up on the Consumer Quarterback Show. This is work done, and you're listening to the Real Estate Quarterback Show hosted by my man, Brandon Rimes. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Hey, Brandon Rimes here, Consumer Quarterback Show in studio with Martin Grammatica, Automatica Grammatica, that is, uh, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer Super Bowl winner, Lifeguard Imaging, lifeguardimaging.com, saving lives through early detection. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Yes, that's what we're doing at Lifeguard Imaging. You come in asymptomatic, and that's what we do. You're being proactive. You're coming in. We do a scan from the neck to the pelvis. It's a full body scan. It's a 3D image of every organ, and that's where 90% of the deadliest cancers are in our mid-region. So we can see everything but for your listeners we have a real good special we have a 599 dollars value absolutely complimentary they can come in for a coronary artery scan which will give you their calcium score 100 complimentary for your people very cool hey take them up on that offer 813-917-1894 call or text complimentary scan 813-917-1894 and check them out online lifeguardimaging.com Dennis Prager here for Brandon and Lindsey Rimes, owners of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams. Buying, selling, investing in real estate, their nationwide Keller Williams network makes them the best team to work with. Sellers, have your property featured live on air, creating multiple offers. Buyers, leverage a unique system that gets your offer accepted, never overlooked. Call or text 813-750-0550, or ConsumerQB. You're listening to the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at consumerqb.com. Joining us today to close out the show, Frank Charles Miranda from uh, Frank Charles Miranda Law, FCMLaw.com. Uh, we were getting a little bit of a lesson there on how to uh, uh, pick your judges, especially with uh, midterm elections coming up, uh, city elections coming up. You know, there's uh, it just seems like nowadays the elections never stop. <laughs> and so uh, one of the biggest, you know, even for someone like myself, I've been involved in, in politics, you know, now uh, since about 2000. And 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 still, the judicial races are the hardest ones for me to decide on uh, because there's so little information out there uh, to help you make that decision. Yeah, like I mentioned before, it's really hard, too, is if you're a sitting judge or even if you're running for judge, the rules that we have to abide by by the Florida Bar when it comes to running for a judge and what you can say are very, very narrow. So right. you can't come out and bash your opponent. You can only talk about very generic <laughs> things, even <laughs> even with which you can't even talk about what you truly believe sure, in right. because you might have a case come before you and then you'll be accused of um, 
not being non-biased. Which is why you don't see a lot of judges do interviews, you know, on talk radio or, or you know, television and that sort of thing, you know, as candidates, because even, you know, their opinion on certain matters could be used against them down the road if they get elected. Right. And so how that would happen is if someone heard an interview and where a judge gave an opinion that which would be contrary to your position in a case, they would file a motion, try to recuse that judge from hearing that case. Mm -hmm. That probably has some merit and the judge would recuse himself and then they'd have to go to another judge to deal with. Wow. So judges want, doesn't want that happening because all these cases are going to be going from one judge to another and Right. And it gets out of control. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's not an easy and quick answer, but, you know, like I was telling you off air, my dad had an incident at a state hospital where, you know, a door closed on him, shoving him to the floor. Uh, he, he had a walker, so I'm sure he fell on the walker, broke some ribs. This was right when COVID was just kind of getting started. So he ended up spending uh, almost a month in the hospital. Um, and now we're in the process of, of course, kind of pursuing this illegal. You know, because, you know, the whole reason he ended up in the hospital is because of this door that ended up uh, shoving him to the ground. And so we're at that point now where the, the hospital says, well, we're not just going to settle this. You know, um, you know, they've 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 offered or asked to go into mediation. And so the big question is, do you go into mediation or do you go into a lawsuit, you know, because most people, I would imagine, don't even realize that if it's a state hospital, like in this situation, you're also capped off as to how much you're going to get in that kind of a situation. There's a lot in that one statement you just said. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the fact that it's a governmental entity that yeah. may have caused the incident, they're capped, okay, at mm -hmm. $200,000 maximum. There's a way around it. You can actually go to the Florida legislature and pass uh, a bill to allow a government entity to pay more than that, um, that gets more detailed. Now, what typically happens in negligence cases, um, there's always an insurance company involved mm -hmm. behind the scenes. They never want to pay because the less money they pay out, the more money they make. They will deny everything that had occurred. They will deny it's their fault. If uh, they can't get around it that way, they will deny that you're injured as a result of that accident. That whatever you had was pre-existing, and we cause no harm to you. Yeah, those are the those are the staple. Whether it's a auto accident, whether it's a slip and fall, whether it's an incident where a door uh, slammed on someone. Mm -hmm. That is always a game. That's the game plan. Right? I want to get into our feel good story, but just to wrap that one up is, I mean, the perception is that maybe you're not going to get everything you possibly could going through mediation versus going through a suit. Do you find that to be the case or, or is sometimes mediation just as effective or more effective than going through with a lawsuit? Okay. Loaded question. Because if you file a lawsuit before you go to trial, a judge is going to order you to go to mediation. Okay. So mediation is a process where typically the mediator is an attorney who mm -hmm. has experience. They're, they don't have the ability to render an opinion. What they do is they go back to, between each parties to try to tell you what's good about your case, what's bad about your case, and why you should settle. So typically your demand's gonna, the plaintiff's demand is going to be high, the defendant's offer is going to be low, right. and he tries to get both parties to somewhere meet closer to the middle than, you know, than odds are closer to the middle. Yeah. Um, with that being said, it sounds like in your father's case, there is no lawsuit that's filed yet. But there's nothing wrong. You're allowed, if the parties agree, to have a pre-suit mediation, yep. have that process. I will tell you, if a loss, if there's no resolution and a lawsuit ultimately is filed, 
nowadays a judge is going to order you back to mediation do it again yeah. to see if there's a settlement because they want cases to settle because the state of florida is a million cases behind the eight because <laughs> of covid right. yeah oh my gosh all right well i appreciate you and, and feel free to chime in here in this story because it's absolutely unbelievable here's our feel-good story of the day where a cancer trial's unexpected result was remission in every patient in a small study conducted at memorial sloan kettering cancer center in new york all participants saw their tumors disappearing using immunotherapy without surgery radiation or chemotherapy uh, so dr Luis diaz published a paper in the new england journal of medicine describing the results saying he knew of no other study where a treatment completely obliterated a cancer in every patient. Um, Sasha Roth, who was the first patient in the clinical trial involving immunotherapy at MSK, she was scheduled to undergo weeks of radiation therapy for rectal cancer until receiving the phone call from the oncologist uh, Andrew Serkic at MSK. Dr. Serkic told her then 38 that the latest test showed no evidence of cancer after Sasha had undergone six months of immunotherapy therapy treatment uh the doctors uh told her that a team of doctors had examined the tests and they couldn't find and since they couldn't find any signs of cancer there was no reason for her to endure the radiation therapy the same result was repeated for all 12 patients and counting in the msk clinical trial for rectal cancer so it seems that with this particular type of cancer they they may have kind of figured out the solution here it says in every case the rectal cancer disappeared after immunotherapy without the need for standard treatments of radiation surgery or chemotherapy and the cancer has not returned in any of the patients who have been cancer free now for up to two years so this has been going on for quite some time um it's incredibly rewarding rewarding says dr Serkek, uh to get these happy tears from the hand happy emails from patients in the study who finished the treatment and realized oh my god i get to keep all my normal bodily functions that i feared i might lose to radiation or surgery i mean this is this is a huge milestone the best thing about that came from sloan Kettering, one of the top three institutions in the country when it comes to treating cancer. Yeah. Well, and then and, and hopefully we'll continue to have more developments like this. Uh, you know, obviously way overdue uh, as cancer continues to take way too many lives. Thank you so much, Frank Charles Miranda, for joining us. Uh, your phone number? 813-254-2637. All right. FCMlaw.com. Yeah. And if you want to contact me, I'll tell you who to vote for for judge, in my opinion. <laughs> there we go. Thank you so much for watching, listening to the Consumer Quarterback Show. I'm Johnny Torres, uh, filling in for Brandon Rhymes. So long, everyone. We'll see you in the next time. You've been listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Call Brandon Rhymes at 813-917-1894. That's 813-917-1894. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show.